Hello, everyone. Uh, this is the Highlands Bunker podcast. Uh, you're about to hear uh, our latest Kathy v. Kathy episode. Uh, and on Friday, uh, you're going to hear an episode uh, where I interview a musician, uh, a writer, and a podcast host, Jason Miles, from This Is Revolution podcast. Uh, we were patched in from, uh, you know, from, the, from Baja, California, Mexico, so the audio is not great, but it was a very, very fun conversation. Um, that's this Friday. The following Friday, everyone, is going to be our pregame special for the primaries, patrons only. you got to be a paying patron. Only paying customers are getting it. Uh, it's going to be uh, Kirsten Walther. It's going to be Carl. It's going to be me, probably Bill. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to rip. So that'll go out on uh, that Friday before, which I think is the 8th or 9th. But it's only going out to patrons. Look. We've released, I don't even know how many Kathy v. Kathy episodes for free outside of what, 15, outside of the other stuff that we're giving you. So now it's time, I think, for another big surge of, of patronage to the, uh, the Highlands Bunker podcast at patreon.com slash the Highlands Bunker. And now, today's show. Comrades and friends, hello. Uh, we're back uh, for another edition of the Highlands Bunker special series, Kathy v. Kathy, um, the trials and tribulations of Kathleen McGinnis, um, Auditor of Accounts for the State of Delaware. Um, Bill, hello. We, we're here again. Ahoy, ahoy, Rob. Uh, I'm here to uh, motion for both an acquittal and a new trial. <laughs> well, I have, I have news for you. Um, so, everyone, we are back, obviously. Um, Judge Carpenter has um, has made uh, decisions on all of the post-verdict motions. That came out yesterday evening. Uh, we read them all this morning, and we're recording this for you on Wednesday afternoon. Um, just to recap, um, the state auditor was convicted of three of the possible five charged counts uh, in July. Um, but she's, uh, as we say, as the kids say, posting through it. Um, she's still knocking doors. She's still canvassing. She's still campaigning very hard. Um, and, you know, the Delaware uh, Democrats uh, have sort of picked another candidate, but have sort of laid back in the cut. And we'll talk about the electoral sort of impact of it uh, on our uh, patrons only primary pregame extravaganza. So we'll leave it there. But that sort of updates everybody. Now, Bill, do you want to start going over the opinion on the, 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 the motions? The motions were basically to overturn the guilty verdict and acquit on counts two, three, and four, or whatever the three counts that were. There was also one, two, and four. One, two, and four. Yeah. Um, there was a Brady motion. There was some other evidentiary. So many Brady motions. So many Brady a motions. A bunch of Brady motions. A bunch motions. of evidentiary stuff and a motion for a new trial. Um, so let's start with um, the motions to set aside the verdicts and acquit on the three um, guilty charges. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so Judge Carpenter and uh, I assume his law clerk uh, released this opinion either late last night or early this morning, August 31st. Uh, it, this was based on the August 1st uh, defense motion for judgment of acquittal on all counts and a new trial. Uh, and as Rob uh, ably pointed out, Kathy was found guilty of three misdemeanors, uh, conflict of interest, noncompliance with uh, procurement law, which is the um, $50,000 
contract structuring, essentially, and official misconduct, which I guess you could refer to as sort of the catch-all, but basically because Kathy was found guilty of, of hiring a daughter uh, under these circumstances that she would be found criminally uh, liable for official misconduct as, a, as an elected state representative. So... Um, the judgment of acquittal is sort of the big one here because um, Kathy's counsel is going after these these three convictions. And I just wanted to sort of set the stage with the standard of review here because it is sort of pro, pro-police, uh, for lack of a better term. It's uh, whether a rational trier of fact, which could be a jury or a judge, uh, in light of the facts most favorable to the DOJ, would find Kathy guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. So that's sort of what... Uh, paves the way for reviewing conflict of interest, the procurement charge, and the official misconduct charge. Yep. Yeah, so count one, it stands. This is basically conflict of interest for hiring your daughter for a no-show job, as they called it. Yeah, and this was pretty straightforward. Um, you know, uh, they, they make it clear, and Carpenter makes it clear that, you know, and it, again, he doesn't use the word nepotism. They hate that word, nepotism. But hiring family members is not against the law. Uh, but there are steps that you are statutorily must take to remove yourself from the hiring process, to remove yourself from the super supervisory roles and all of that and so none of those were taken that was very clear and so you know that was upheld yeah these were the facts that um that judge carpenter kind of honed in on uh sailor was informally hired by kathy if you recall the paperwork like her onboarding paperwork was just signed like km yeah yeah, (laughs) um uh she reported directly to kathy she didn't have like another supervisor there uh she worked what would be referred to as sort of casual working hours when in college, which is kind of like, you know, I log in, I, I access the Canva, I access the buffer when I have time between classes or whatever. Um, and also he mentioned that just like the VPN act inactivity was also sort of a um, uh detrimental factor to sort of Kathy's case that that this wasn't just sort of a BS, you know, nepotism thing, for lack of a better term. Again, we're not saying nepotism. Again, it's not against the law. But I think that the factors here in the case sort of rose above the, uh, you know, basically to make it a conflict of interest charge. Yep, that's right. And conviction. Um. Yeah, I guess that's about you, it. So you want to do the the other upheld and then do the the uh, yeah, overturn. Sure. So the other one that was upheld um, was official misconduct, right? That's the other right, and that's basically I'm going to sort of paraphrase here, but there are you know elements to criminal charges. This one basically, the defendant has to be a public servant, has to receive a personal benefit, um, uses a. Uh, an unauthorized exercise of their official functions to benefit themselves. Uh, Judge Carpenter referred to this charge, the official misconduct one, it's an intentionally broad statute to sort of, it's like a catch-all for things like this. Um, In his opinion, or the memo opinion, he says, you know, hiring sort of a social media savvy sailor, as well as Christy Gross, it went to Kathy's benefit. You know, she and her and Steve Wood reinforced throughout the trial. This is the quote unquote, the new Office of Auditors accounts were sort of rebranding. And the fact and and Judge Carpenter was convinced that, you know, hiring a tech savvy or a social media savvy uh, contractor like Christie or a daughter like Sailor, who's, you know, uh, keyed into Visco, 
Foursquare, uh, you know, all these letterbox, letterboxed, uh, um, yeah, Chrome, uh, <laughs> all these, all these like, you know, sort of, um, you know, in the moment apps that, uh, you know, that would benefit Kathy personally, not only the office itself, but her personal brand. And I think at one point he does get into the indicta, he says, and also let's not forget the fact that this is a woman who is an elected official who's going to be running again. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, it basically was saying like, or Judge Carpenter was saying, Kathy's name is prominent. It's everywhere. That basically connotes a, um, a financial interest. Um, and that's why I believe that he upheld the official misconduct, uh, conviction a, a misdemeanor. Again, we're all talking misdemeanors here. Yep. Uh, we will, I guess, I think, talk a little bit about one of the felonies that she was acquitted of, uh, the witness intimidation, because it comes up uh, in some of the other motions, like the Brady motion. So we'll talk about that later. But let's now just talk about the charge that was um, that was reversed, basically, uh, and, and thrown out. Um, you want to introduce it? Uh, it's the structuring charge. Um, it's the, it's, it's, you know, the, the one transaction that was focused on the entire time was the original contract with Christy Gross's My Campaign Group. Um, there were others that were mentioned. There were others that we know about that weren't brought up at trial. Um, but this is the one we're talking about. Uh, and uh, basically, Judge Carpenter goes through all of the evidence, goes through the law, and and you know what the jury, how the jury handled it, what they might have misunderstood based on the facts that were presented, and makes a decision. So this is our summary um, from yeah, from- yeah. So this is basically uh, Kathy's individual noncompliance with uh, state procurement law, and Judge Carpenter's sort of. Uh, conclusion here rob is really interesting because it's never as far as i know this never came up that he never said hey uh denny this isn't a crime she's just violated the um accounting manual essentially this is a borderline a civil violation or a violation of you know accounting regulations so in his opinion judge carpenter says you know kathy clearly had the requisite mental state to Divide, subdivide this contract into various payments. I think the biggest smoking gun there is standing over the shoulder of our friend Tom Van Wilder and saying, Tom, use your personal PayPal account to pay this. TVH hey, gets that's hammered all above board, decision, right? But, yeah, T, like, T, T, TVH gets hammered a little later. We'll get into that because there's a funny little line there there that, we'll, that we'll talk about. But yeah, but yeah I mean, I, I think the misunderstanding is that that this that what the state finally came out and said that she did was a clear violation of the law first of all it was not as you said it violated the it violated accounting procedure and it, uh, because of the way that it was done but it was originally executed under 50 grand if people remember it went over 50 after after and only marginally because of some covid stuff and because of the way the payments were made that last two months the problem is and nobody can get around this, is originally a lot of hay was made about all of these structured payments uh, because they looked at a spreadsheet from accounting and decided these were all structured payments. They didn't find out until months later 
that that spreadsheet did not reflect what really happened, which was just one payment went and it was split between different, uh, whatever they called them, IDs or whatever, mm-hmm. sources, source IDs yeah. or something. And so they had to come up then with another, and there were still tons of accounting problems with this thing, yeah. but the fact is the original, um, the original smoking gun uh, was a cap gun. Yeah. And so they couldn't get around that, and, and Carpenter does mention that. Like, the original theory had to be tossed, and then a new theory had to fit. Yep. With, and they just made a mistake. Like I said, Frank Robinson went 0 for 4 some nights, you yeah. know, went hitless and with two strikeouts. He kind of took an L, too, I feel like, in the dicta of the opinion. He did. Yeah, but uh, we still love him. We still do. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what is it? Uh, batting, wait, batting champion in both leagues or MVP? I think he was the—I I actually think— uh, he was the MVP of both leagues. That makes sense. Big Red Machine and... And, and, and the O's. O's. Dave from Dundalk. Love uh, the O's. Yeah, no, Rob is absolutely right here. I think that uh, Carpenter sort of... Because this was sort of the uh, the most confusing charge when we were at trial. And it was odd because it started out the first two days were just so incredibly dull. We're looking at, again, like uh, fax machine copies of spreadsheets and the just the the sort of the the, the people witnesses are just like i just don't want to they didn't be have here. remember denny didn't have the thing on landscape so he yeah, had to put yeah. it was on the back and he was yeah. putting like it wasn't printed out like the column shrink to fit i mean yeah. that was we went back to that but was, so think about this you know this is one thing again that i don't think ever came to trial it was it's um i think that the ag's office tried to shoehorn this sort of violation of the delaware budget and accounting policy manual into a criminal statute that didn't really exist so I think that obviously, you know, what was the narrative that was never explicated necessarily from Denny, but what was the narrative here? Kathy learned how to structure contact, contracts this way through Kathy Davies and DSU. So Andrina was sort of the connective tissue there between how we can do this, you know, and skirt the rules. Is that sort of the vibe that you got as well? Yes. Like, like Kathy like, was, this was learned behavior. Yes. She yeah. knew from uh, Andrina's work with, uh, well, Andrina blowing the whistle basically on Kathy Davies, uh, Davies yeah. and her work uh, with DSU and looking at the way that they, you know, just use P cards and stuff. That was a big And one. even just the serious XM detail was so funny because, like, that was someone at DSU who had basically used the, the P card for for their satellite radio, and then Kathy did it as well. They never actually came out and like connected those dots literally, but I think that was presented into evidence, so the jury would be like, "Oh yeah, Kathy just found out about this," and it's like, "Oh yeah, I'll pay for my like uh, like '90s R and B station just on the state." Yeah, right? yeah, and and I think um, well, I, I'll read the the last paragraph before um, the court actually grants this motion and, and acquits on this. Uh, reads like this because. It's funny, but I also think it's right. The evidence also shows that the defendant relied on her administrative and accounting staff to handle the transaction while admitting that the state procurement code is, quote, not in her wheelhouse. It appears that the def- it, it appears that defendant questioned her accounting staff about various ways to pay my campaign group invoices that would comply with relevant accounting principles and relied on her staff to confirm such processes could be done. Unfortunately, her chief of staff was inexperienced and, while perhaps politically savvy, lacked any degree of reasonable sophistication as to the inner workings of the state's accounting procedure. Without the appropriate staff familiar with the accounting process, the situation here was simply a comedy of errors and not criminal conduct. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I wrote down, uh, you know, Judge Carpenter was a bit sympathetic to the office being in sort of disarray. I don't know if he used that word exactly, but no. the comedy of errors line just no. Mm. And this is where, Chef's like kiss. in my mind, as you ex- you explained it perfectly, the the way that they were trying to establish this was that she learned like the ins and outs of it through people who were doing it, and she learned like the she she they were doing technical sort of evaluations and autopsies of this kind of stuff, and she knew if you if that's if you were like a, a mastermind, you would not be keystone cops routine running around the office figuring out if we can put this on a, on a personal credit card do you know what i mean so the, the fact is that I, I think he's right about that i don't think i mean that's really her fault yeah um i don't think it's tom van horn's fault or any of the any other of the accounts that was run that way um so he took kind of took one on the chin because he had to be the guy who was like i guess i'll just do this because she's telling me to um, because the fact of the matter is she told him to do that and stood over him when he did it. So it wasn't like he had this cockamamie idea. He was just like, we can't do any of this. And she's like, we got to do it and told him to do the wrong thing. So, you know, he kind of took it on the chin. But I, I do think in the whole, it was a comedy of errors and, and, not, a, uh, and not a preplanned, you know, a, a criminal act of structuring. I think it was the errors were accounting errors and just errors of ineptitude. Yeah. And so, you know, that's that. Yeah. A lot of, you know, I feel like a lot of the witness testimony about Kathy and her employees led me to believe that, like, it's like a lot of people are, like, leaving the stove on or, like, the oven on in that office. And I just want to quote Judge Carpenter in his his memo opinion today about Tom, who I love. But unfortunately, the chief of staff was inexperienced and while perhaps politically savvy which I love because he did talk about how politically savvy he was, he lacked any degree of reasonable sophistication as to the inner workings of the state's accounting procedure. Without the appropriate appropriate staff familiar with the accounting process, the situation here was simply a comedy of errors and not criminal conduct, as you just said. Yeah, and yeah. again, I think that that's too... Um, I, I think while it generally explains the situation... Um, I think it 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 goes it it you know it takes a lot of responsibility away from Kathy, which I think the comedy of errors was her responsibility. Where and that that paragraph does not exp- sort of it actually says the opposite. But the fact the fact that it was a comedy of errors and not a not a criminal problem is probably true. I, I think that's right. Yeah. So and the one thing that's sort of unanswered here is like, well, so what happens if a state? representative whether it's someone in the house or the senate someone in an executive capacity like kathy if you do violate um these rules what what are the consequences of it where are the teeth yeah. uh you know are you fine is there a disciplinary process i mean again so this kind of goes to my thinking of like all right so you're sort of encouraging uh you know state officials here to maybe you know, I don't know, uh, bend the rules sometimes to their favor. It's like, oh, there aren't yeah, going to well, be, and, and if it's Kathy, not, a, it doesn't rise to a criminal act, then what and, and does of it course, And of course, now her big thing is, well, we, we've got new people, they're they're on board with everything, you know, I'm sure they're a lot more careful about making sure that they're, you know, there's no more, um, you know, there's no more uh, Andrina's getting hired, I don't think, like, I think she's a lot more careful about to make sure that somebody's like malleable, maybe I would put it that way, or like bought into the bought into the Kathy process, brought, bought into like the, how you staff Kathy sort of. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Except for the back office. We don't talk to them. 
<laughs> we just we just read all their emails. Exactly. <laughs> we don't have to talk to them because we know everything they're saying. We get their emails in real time. Uh, so let's let's uh, let's get to the Brady um, the Brady violations that were claimed because here. Uh, we heard, we've, we've heard a lot about this. We've heard Kathy talk about it in subsequent interviews with both uh, the guy from Salisbury and uh, Storm and Norman. Um, yeah, basically she, these... she went on a tour of like Sussex and just talked to like every treasurer of a homeowners association where that has a radio show and was like, you know, they they indicted me because my daughter just earned a fair salary. <laughs> and I had I started a checking account with her when she was 10. And they're like, oh, my God, that's that's yeah. so irrational. Yeah, but yeah, 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 but yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> yeah. So so her 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 contention was that there was uh, evidence that um, wasn't brought up that the prosecution had that they didn't share that wasn't available that would that would uh, show her innocence on all of these counts. And uh, basically, Carpenter was like, this is nonsense. Uh, in, in, in a lot more words and a lot more um, legal foundation, um, he basically said, absolutely not. Um, there is a line in there that we talked about before we turned the microphones on that seemed Carpenter wrote it directly to Steve Wood. was like, in, in these kind like in, in common drug and robbery cases, um, you know, where there's a little bit of evidence, everything should be extremely clear. But in these white collar cases where there's literally tens of thousands of documents, if you get the full database with searchable and it's searchable, then um, you should be able to, you know, that's enough, basically. And, and you should sort of know that kind of, he sort of kind of went like that. Um, and, and then, you know, he talked about, um, some other evidence, some other evidentiary issues that came down to um, whether or not this was a political hit job. Uh, he wanted to continue on on those lines because I guess that was about some some testimony uh, that had come out. So it was a lot of questions about um, the trial itself, the evidence uh, that they had availability to. So he had to rule on uh, several motions regarding Brady and retrial. Um, Bill, can you uh, summarize for us? Sure. Yeah. The Brady violations um, thing has been a, a definite hobby horse of kind of Team Cappy over the, since, since the jury verdict was handed down. So it's a uh, 1963 U.S. Supreme Court case, uh, criminal case, obviously, involving a botched robbery that turned into a murder. And I think the gist of it is, is basically you cannot, uh, you, the state, uh, cannot hide exculpatory evidence from defense and defense counsel. So that's what sort of Team Cappy kept saying all along. There's so much more info out there. I mean, even in the in the halls of, of Dover, we'd have Mr. Wood come up to us and be like, if you knew what I knew. And it's like, well, yeah, I think I, I don't think you want to know more, Mac. Like, <laughs> uh, I think I think if you learn more, um, you might not like it. But um, yeah, well, that was Denny's. That was the, the, yeah. the DOJ's reply when he made the motion. He was like, I mean, gave a laundry list. He's like, do we want? Do we want to talk about this? I thought you didn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and I, it, it sounds like there is a weird argument about Frank Robinson kind of fucking up discovery exchange. But then the judge, but Judge Carpenter made a ruling on that, and he was like, all right, all discovery, all emails. Let's say so. We're talking hundreds of thousands of documents too. Yes. And these are all doc. These are all. The large amount of them are emails and digital files that are maintained by the auditor's office that Kathy has had control of the entire time. So, um, and this is another aside. I heard this from a little bird, but apparently the the DOJ didn't even need a search warrant 
to grip those laptops and computers from Kathy's office because it's a state agency. They did it to like look clear and above board and all yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, to be sort of transparent. Transparent, yeah. yeah. We're, yes. not, we're not ambushing you. That was my understanding, too. I, I was yeah. told that uh, otherwise, too, that they did not. I think even, I think in Denny's response, that might have been uh, sort of mentioned that, you know, you complain about the, because the, the other complaint was that there was a political individual who we've mentioned before worked at the DOJ who worked on the search warrant application. And this proves we want, we, we need to, we need to uh, investigate this and examine this because it could be, this could show political motivation and this is a bullshit charge. And the judge Carpenter kind of cut that off anyway, because they had that, they had that argument at trial and he cut them off and, and basically, yeah. said that. but also what Denny says in the document is that it didn't even matter we didn't even have to do that. We could have just taken it, yeah. taken everything, because it's all state. Uh, it's all on state business. So it's like, yeah, a lot of this, other than the the arguments for acquittal on the three guilty verdicts, Carpenter did not have a lot of, of nice things to say about any of this other Brady stuff or like new trial or anything. No, he had a wonderful quote um, in the opinion today. It's like he said he accused uh, Mr. Wood of like. Anytime there was Brady shouting, Brady shouting, nearly every time the defense received documents. And we kind of do remember this. There'd be so many sidebars. Like literally anytime something new was sort of like proposed to Steve, it was like, objection, Your Honor. Yeah. <laughs> sidebar. Yeah. yeah. Um, can we listen to industrial noise right now? Um, but I think the gist of it, so this is under against the, again, the auspices of a new trial motion, Brady violations, hey, we should send this back. Um Kathy basically had all of this info all along in her in her office laptops. I now wonder, and Judge Carpenter hinted at this, did Kathy intentionally obfuscate evidence from Steve? And this is Steve being pissed off at basically not knowing what, you know, the full story. Uh, and that's, I think, common from, you know, for defense attorneys. You know, maybe your client is going to be you know, so forthcoming because there's an extra detail in here about how after the fact, Kathy identified two other Cabbage Patch kids who in 2021 were also doing bullshit jobs from their colleges. Right. And Judge Carpenter is like, well, if you had this information, why didn't you bring it up at trial? This is sale. This is these are similarly situated employees of the auditor's office to Sailor. This would he's like, this would have this would have made the case for you, Mac. Right. Yeah. And I don't know if you caught that. I did. But I just thought that was really funny because it's like, all right, you're asking basically Mark Denny to do your job for you and to put this shit on a platter, you know, exculpatory evidence for yeah. Kathy. But, I think he says that. He's supposed you know, yeah. put it on. It's not to be served to you on a plate. It's supposed yep. to be served to you in a way you can search it and decide what you want to use. Exactly. And again, I, you know, so I don't know if that's just miscommunication, you know, lack of technological savvy, but, um, I do wonder whether the defense, all the defense motions for the sort of the Brady and evidentiary violations were just maybe lack of communication between Kathy and, and um, McCarter English. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so basically uh, all of those evidentiary Brady uh, motions were just shit canned by the judge. Um, the last thing was uh, new trial, fair trial, just in total. And I wanted to mention two things. I don't know how much you have, but the first thing I wanted to mention was, and we talked about it the day it happened. Uh, during one of the cross-examinations of uh, Hall of Famer Frank Robinson, um, he was being asked by Steve Wood 
how he was interrogating someone. And he said, but th- so you lied. And he was trying to get him to admit that it was a lie. And it wasn't going anywhere. And so Carpenter says, look, everybody, know- and the jury's in. The jury's in the box. He says, look, look police use, um, you know, these techniques um, to try to see what people will say, whatever. And we, people, even people who just watch Law & Order know that they do this. Um, let's just move on. And so they said, saying that in front of the jury sort of like said, well, it's not, a, it's not false. Or maybe he said it was a false statement. Or however they broke it down, it was like this thing. And so they're saying that saying that in front of the jury was, was improper. And so Carpenter sort of defends the court and says, you know, which is true. They have full discretion to like keep things moving. Like, you know, they, the jury saw what they were going to see. Let's, you know, so that was, that's a, that's a big nothing. Um, the other issue was some of the evidence that was introduced. Um, uh, and Carpenter was, um, did, while he overturned one of the jury verdicts, did, um, give the jury some props because he said if, if they were able to parse the evidence and say that by the law, Kathy was not guilty of witness intimidation, which he was acquitted at trial, then that means that they're doing their job and able to compartmentalize a lot of these things where you think you would think some of these things are too difficult to compartmentalize for people who are just regular people off the street, but they did a very good job. And that, the indication of that is convicting her on some of these things, but not others. So that, that in and of itself, I guess, is an indication of a thorough, you know, fair uh, process, which I, which I thought was uh, pretty cool. Um, I do want to talk about that witness intimidation thing again because I, I still don't really understand um, how they reached that conclusion. I guess it you was mean the be- jury. Yeah, I yeah, guess same. I guess it was because you know again all of the things she was doing while very creepy surveillancey maybe it wasn't clear it was against the law because you know I think Wood did a good job of saying like well she didn't know until the latest possible time. Yeah, and in the opinion today, Judge Carpenter sort of discounts that notion that the June 2021 date was the first time that Kathy was aware of an investigation. I think he kind of threw that in the trash can. Yeah, I was uh, very, I like, was very surprised. He basically surprised. said, like, <sighs> Kathy, like, she obviously knew that something was up before then. Everything- and I don't know what date, he because he didn't say... You know, it was necessarily. I forget. I, it's yeah. been a. It's been a month and a half, so I don't remember. Right. But there were other points, six months, nine months before that, where she did begin surveilling employees. She did begin. Well, when she had the conversation about when she had the conversation about the audit and uh, and and with uh, with the with the public uh, the public ombudsman or whatever mm-hmm. it is, yeah. she was like, well, "Will this be will this be like an official audit? Yeah. Okay, I'll call you back." Yeah. Like, I mean, everybody, like, <laughs> you know, you, so you know, the thing that surprised me about it was that every time it came up at trial, it seemed like Carpenter kept saying, like, yes, I understand the law is when she knew or she should have known, and they kept talking about this June date. And I kept saying every time it came up, I thought that was bullshit, but Carpenter seemed like he was he was down with it. And so last night when we found out um, that he did set aside the structuring, my first reaction was he would have set aside the witness intimidation uh, for similar reasons. Like they just didn't get the law right because I'm, I'm dead set on this 21st of June date. Now that I read the full thing, I, I actually think the opposite. Me too. Yeah. He, I think he, 
I, I think if they would have come back and said intimidation, he, he would have been fine with it because of all of the instances that came up that made it pretty clear that she should have known she was under investigation. And because I think Carpenter probably takes a pretty, as we did, a, a pretty dim view of, because that caused a big, big problem in the, in the, uh, that DTI, uh, the state agency that runs all the technology, which they all know. Every state, uh, you know, every state employee is going to know that their IT group you know, it was DTI, and this was a big fuck-up over there. And I don't think that, you know, state employees from judges to to wherever they are, Del Dot or, or, or whatever, Denrec, really appreciated getting fucked like that by Kathy and doing shit that people did for her because she was an elected official that, you know, they shouldn't have done. And, yeah, no, every and she's state, doing surveillance. Yeah, <laughs> every, know, so. every state employee knows that they're DTF. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um, no, but I, I, I completely agree with you. I, um... You know, I always, I always, I was, I was honestly surprised that the witness intimidation charge didn't stick at the jury, uh, because it was the vast majority of sort of the witness testimony there. But it was sort of reassuring to hear Carpenter, I think, uh, in the opinion that came out today, like sort of, you know, supporting that notion. Yeah, and he and, said, and, and, and then that was what he's saying. All of these questions are really whether the carpenter is going to after the fact decide or whether it was just a question for the jury to, to decide and they decided yeah and so there's really no reason for him to decide now and that was the point and, and the point he made was even on this very sort of complicated legal issue which maybe i didn't even agree with um they came up with this decision that actually is is, is logical anyway if, if you believe you know if that's the way that you know you you took the evidence and, and applied it. So there's no reason for him to do anything. And so, um, I, you know, and I think he's right. Uh, again, I, I didn't, I didn't see much, uh, that I could quibble with in, in the decision. I think it all makes sense, you know? Yeah. So final word, before we talk about next steps, what's, what's the final word on, on the, on the opinion today? Was there anything else of note that you wanted to, you wanted to point out? Um, all right. Yeah. I've got two sort of funny things. Uh, the first involved, uh, the sort of hobby horse from Team Kathy, and you alluded to it earlier, it's the gentleman, Alexander Mackler, who I believe is the chief, chief deputy attorney who was there at the initial uh, indictment press conference, so I don't feel bad saying his name. This is something that, like, Kathy and her, and her team has sort of been, po- like, poking at about his involvement. I'm not sure if it's a political uh, rift. I looked at his LinkedIn today. He's, like, a Dem party guy through and through. Biden... Uh, Dell Dems, you know, he's my age, so he's like in his late 30s, early 40s. Um, he obviously wasn't involved in the trial personally, but I guess he may have drafted the indictment. Well, that was, and they've he, always he's taken the guy, he's the guy, he's the guy who they said helped draft the indictment and the search warrant. Yeah, that's that guy. This is the guy we're talking about. But why does that matter? Again, I, I, they've right, never I, explained I, why. They never explained why, <laughs> like what I feel like, you know, of all the things that, you know, Wood and Team Kathy are pushing. That this is uh, there's a political aspect to this, and it's Mackler's behind it. Like, okay, let's just say you're going to make that claim, and Carpenter's going to let you make that claim. Are you going to talk about why perhaps there's this political disagreement between? That's yeah. the secret, the secret thing that nobody knows. Right now, you're going to tell it. I don't think right, you, I don't right. think you're ready for that because um, it doesn't really make sense. Even if there is some secret, like I know we know Kathy's up to stuff you know up to shenanigans we're right. called like uh like uh you know piccadillos whatever the fuck you want to say she's, <laughs> she's fucking around everybody knows this milton it's not, coffee shops milton coffee shops all of this stuff um even if it's something untoward and sort of um uh, 
what would you call it, uh, you know, of a sexual nature, we'll say. Making out for five seconds. Making out for five seconds at a happy hour, whatever. Um, like, is that something you want to, like, because obviously it's something weird that people don't know about. Or are you just, or again, are you just making it up? Because the other thing is, I think people people who have a, a, a very high tuned um, political ambition like this, sometimes I think in their mind they make things up in their mind. Like I'm I'm getting screwed by so and so. This guy's out there. They're like a, it's very Nixonian again. It's like you're you're paranoid about everything. Oh, this guy, this 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 deputy attorney general has it out for me because uh, you know this sordid thing through the party or whatever. You know, I think a lot of these people make that shit up. Oh, absolutely. Or they exaggerate it because, you know, he didn't shake your hand at a fucking event. I think that's probably what it's closer to. Because, I mean, Kathy has no discernible political ideology. Correct. Uh, and also, Denny is a Republican. And, you know, he, uh, at least he's been registered Republican. I don't know if he is currently. But, you know, and I've made jokes about him abolishing the family court and whatnot. So I feel like it's not like you had this, like, firebrand, like, liberal uh, prosecutor going against a political enemy or something. So that was sort of one thing I took away. Um, the next one was just a funny riff I was going to do on uh, Frank Robinson uh, and Buck Showalter, his bud. Like, like never, doing, never 30 years. <laughs> doing improper investigatory techniques, like dressing up as, like, kids and, like, putting on backwards hats and, like, going up and being like, hey, you guys want some quaaludes? <laughs> And, and like hello, that's okay. Hello, so, fellow students. Hello. Yeah, basically doing the Steve Buscemi and Thirty Rock thing. Yeah. Because um, that would be, I think, still an okay investigatory technique in my book. Uh, and basically, what you know, he did by calling. I guess who did he, he called Sailor and Sailor's friend? Yeah. Basically, to be like, hey, Virginia, we're just checking Virginia in Bateman. on yeah. Virginia Bateman. Um, yeah. So you know, I, I think that those are things that that Judge Carpenter kind of, you know, although he sort of uh, gave it to to FR, Mr. Robinson, during during the opinion, I think that he was also sympathetic and being like, yeah, this is just, sorry, man, this is what cops do. Uh, yeah, you, yeah. Sorry you've never, like, really uh, encountered difficulty in your life. Yeah. <laughs> and again, the, the funny part is that Steve Wood did this for 25 years. He had, to, he had the cops fucking bamboozle, you know, everybody selling drugs on the corner or everybody doing an assault or a robbery anywhere in, in Newcastle County or whatever. And so Steve Wood's very, very you know, he had no problem uh, putting people away on, on a lot, a lot less. So I, I don't really, um, you know, I, I don't, I, I'm not, I, I'm not saying that's to be, that it's a good thing. But in this case, when the stakes are actually pretty low like all we're talking about right now is is like her political her particular not even her family's her political career that's what's that's what's what's at stake because whatever she's going to be fined or has to pay back in retribution she's probably paid 10 times over to mccarter in english so that's not a money's not an issue um you know maybe there'll be some sort of probation but i mean she comes from a very affluent family she's in an affluent place the only thing that's at risk right now is her reputation so i i don't really give a shit like you know how how anybody you know feels about the cops in this case considering you know when steve wood was on the other side what they did to regular well i'll say regular people where they had a lot on the line that's what i was saying their whole life's riding he was sending the frank robinsons of the world out to do the hey fellow kids shit yeah yeah, he knows how this yes quote unquote uh improper investigatory work goes uh and again steve's just doing his job Uh, i so i i you know i i totally get it 
Uh, I do think that people like Kathy and people in her inner circle, this is their first experience with the criminal justice system. So they're basically trying to say, like, no fairsies. Yeah. Like, and I think that's what a lot of it comes down to. Um, but hey, and I, again, her reputation, I mean, the people who are like Kathy Stans are going to find this as as uh, invigorating. I thought she did like a very cool post today that was her like at a coffee shop just being like regrouping. Uh, <laughs> and like her, she's like, it reminded me of when Trump was writing his uh, uh, introductory address when he was uh, inaugurating, uh, inaugurated, and he's just holding up like a, a legal pad so you can't see what he's writing and he just has a pen in his hand. <laughs> so, but I, at least she didn't like dunk on it. She wasn't like, all right, you know, um, I guess maybe leave that to her minions or something. But, but yeah, the, the Kathy stands are going to love it. The, the sort of the people who think that she's a, a rube. Um, uh, hey, hopefully they'll canvas for Lydia York. If, if she has a, a field director. If yeah, if there is a canvas. Uh, that's something either. for another episode. Yeah, so um, what we'll do right now is, well, let's first do this. Let's talk about the sentencing because they have not scheduled the sentencing. And it's just interesting that I don't know when it's going to fall. Do they generally, do we know if there's any sort of a precedent for like sort of, you know, small criminal cases like this that are misdemeanors that would be, inside two weeks or is it going to be next month you know that's the question like how's this going to play out it is interesting that this that that the motions were decided upon two weeks before the primary and and within the motion um judge carpenter does mention um that a lot of this happened to expedite this for you know for electoral reasons didn't say political reasons but just like because there's going to be a campaign and if she's going to run this should be uh, adjudicated uh, and you know that's fair enough but now what happens now we're right up against it you know and um you know, will there be a sentence before the primary no i don't think so i mean do you expect one you know rob there was a there was another carpenter with a lot of wacky ideas and uh look at what happened to him but um no this is one thing that i'm i am fascinated by right now because i I really would see so there are so many fun moving parts here because apparently like the state Senate, like the Dems in the state Senate already had a response ready. Like I think it was in Lex's article before yeah, 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 even yeah. the opinion dropped. Yeah. And it was Dave Sacola and Tizzy basically saying, like, we, you know, we're gonna reaffirm our call for Kathy to, you know, fucking step down or whatever. Right. Um Scott Gostin sent that to me though. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Who gives a shit? I'm calling. Somebody said today. Hot goss. I tell you what. These politicians, they love calling out for other people to do. That's what they do. What they do is call other people out to do the thing that they're not doing. Right. Yeah. That's what they do. Uh, also, did you you interacted with like that youth pastor today? But that's a, that's that's a whole other, other story. whole other story. Anyway, uh, I'm not going to get sidetracked. Yeah. No, I think that it'll be interesting. I think that Carpenter has all of the uh, time in the world to obviously sentence her before the 13th of September. Is he going to do it? I think he's going to punk Carney a little bit and do it on a Friday. It could be two days from now. It could be whatever, nine days from now, and see if John Carney, because remember, John Carney in his press release over the summer said, we have to wait until this indictment, this conviction is formalized or whatever the word is. Yeah, the conviction it, was formalized. Conviction. Yeah, so now yeah. once it's sentenced, 
So, Kathy is removed from office on September 9th. <laughs> Friday, <laughs> September. What happens before the 13th? Yeah. I think he's going to say, no way. Uh, in the interest of democracy, we're going to let the voters sort it out. Yeah, which means I'm too scared to do anything. Yep. And there will be no precedent. If this happens again ever, there's going to be no, it's going to be like, oh, the hiding under the coat strategy. Yeah. Uh, it was mentioned in, it was mentioned in a press release the second yeah, time. The Homer Simpson going back into the hedge. Yes, Homer and <laughs> going into the hedge. Um, so that's, uh, it's fascinating. Yeah, my about. thing is at this point, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter because the sentencing hearing is going to happen, whether it's tomorrow or in a month. And the sentence is going to be some sort of fine and, and re- reimbursement, probably, and uh, probation for six months or 30 days suspended sentence or whatever. And that's going to be it. And so it's not like she's going anywhere. She's going to walk out. Uh, they'll, they'll go to the, uh, the clerk to pay the fine and assign whatever papers they have to sign based on the probation or the suspended sentence. And she'll leave that evening and that's it. So the, nothing else is going to happen uh, unle- unless other now that we know that she's guilty, she's going to be sentenced on two misdemeanor counts. Nothing else is going to happen. She's not going to be locked up. No. Um, she's either going to uh, win the election or not at right. this point as a, as a convicted uh, criminal. But her but her convictions and her sentencing, I mean, that literally does trigger the Delaware Constitution. So if you are like a constitutional pedant, you know, you're like Rand Paul and you're like, it's in the Constitution. Yeah, why well, like, aren't these people? Liter- I thought I thought the Del Cola was big on the Constitution. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, but yeah, so I think that's going to be the. I mean, who knows how again, I think it's going to happen on a Friday at 530, no matter what happens. Um but I also just wanted to give a shout out, uh, sort of my final thought is, um, you know, I'm so glad that we live in Delaware where we don't have elected judges because, I, you know, I was reading Judge Carpenter's decision today and I was like, man, this is really well reasoned and like clear. Uh, I don't know if a, a superior court pedants will know this better than me, but so there are 21 judges on the superior court. I think under the Delaware Constitution, you have to be, you sort of have to alternate Democrat, Republican Party. I think they frame it as majority party, minority party. There has to be an equilibrium. I think Judge Carpenter's a Republican or whatever. So, but like, I don't feel like this is like a weird hit job. Like when I was at Villanova and like I was like applying for judicial clerkships, like so many judges in Philadelphia County were like being indicted for racketeering charges at the same time. And at least here, I feel like at least some solace in the fact that like this is being decided by a rational person. Yeah, I know? mean, not only and it's the, not a political like yes. job or whatever they're going to say. I, we've said it every day of the trial. We've said it before and we've said it after. I'll say it now that the that the motions have been uh, have been finalized and scheduled and sentencing will be scheduled. This, I mean, whatever you want to say about our institutions, and you just you know some of them were elected as you said, and so there's problems there, and there's other. Uh, there's many other problems I have with many other institutions that we have in this country, but as good as, as whatever we have today, that's how it's supposed to run. Now, a lot of it had to do with the fact that, uh, you know, there was unlimited funds on the defense side, pretty, for pretty much. I mean, there's only so much you can do and they did everything they could do. Um, you know, the, all of the, all the legal stuff that has come out that we've read, sat through the trial that's that's the most fair thing we got. Uh, I think it I think it was uh, you know it was professional. It was just 
um, you know, whatever else you want to say about it, whatever other criticisms you want to make, I mean, that's it. It worked. It, that's how it's supposed to work. So, uh, so the two things I want to say, the two most important takeaways of this is, number one, vote Kathy for content. Number two, left is best. Inside information, daytime last location, Wait.